Well, I'm ready to get into the word of the Lord this morning, something that I've been feeling for quite a while, and um, I mentioned this the other night, that I might be doing this, and I, um, this last week, I was involved once again in our training of the pastors in Africa that we've been working with, and um, a lesson that the Lord put on my heart. And as I began to teach that lesson, God just began to move in such a special way because it was something that I've felt deep, deep in my heart for some time now. And uh, I couldn't get away from it. Even after teaching them, I couldn't get away from it. And I really felt like that the Lord wanted me to come back and teach it here this morning. And so I'm going to do that today. Now, it's been many, many, many years since I have taught using a PowerPoint. But we do this with our leadership training uh, sessions for the men in Africa. Um, we, we use these PowerPoint slides, and so I had to, I had to develop them for that. And um, I thought, you know, they're there, they're ready, we might as well use them here too. And I used to do it all the time, and those that have been around for a while will remember. In fact, I remember uh, when I first got here, we used the overhead projector, and we'd have to get out, uh, I'd have to get here early on Sunday morning and set that projector up and get it sitting down here in the front, and uh, uh, the platform wasn't that big in those days, and we, we've done a lot of remodeling since then, but... Uh, just a few steps down to the projector, but we'd have that projector there, and, and uh, I'd, I'd either have somebody sitting there and moving, you know, the slides over, or I'd do it myself, and, and uh, we'd, we'd put them just up here on one wall, and, and um, I, I did a lot of teaching that way in the early, early years of me being here, and then, then we got fancy and got computerized, and and uh, started using PowerPoint, and and I enjoyed doing that. I, uh, you you know, those of you that know me know I love to teach. I am a teacher at heart, and I've I've said the Apostle Paul made it clear when he began to lay out the qualifications for a pastor. He never one time said that a pastor's got to be a good preacher, and I'm glad I'm glad he didn't make that a qualification, but. But he did say that he's going to have to be apt to teach. He's got to be apt to teach. And, uh, and I'm telling you, God has put a love for teaching in my heart. And uh, I love to do it. And I do know uh, statistics have shown that we remember much more of what we see than what we hear. And if you can see it and hear it, then the percentage goes that much higher. And so uh, perhaps this will help today, especially with a topic as important as what I'm going to discuss today. Hopefully, hopefully this won't uh, drag things out too much today. Um, and uh, I've, I've only got two pages of scriptures today because I know I've got a lot of other things to put on the wall. So there's a lot of other scriptures I could have put in here, but we're trying to, I'm trying to be aware of your time and the roast you've got in the oven or 
and your desire to beat everybody else to the buffet line or whatever it is that's going on in your mind today. And yet, I want the Holy Ghost to move today, and I want God to stir our hearts. And I want us to have some time to spend with Him before we leave this place today. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to read just one verse of Scripture today uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 5. I've asked Brother Hilton to, uh, he and I have, have gone over this PowerPoint, and he's going to be running things. So if things don't run too smoothly, blame him. I know it's not my fault. I know I did it all right, so it's, it's got to be him. And I don't know if, we, if it would help to, I don't know if we can kill some of these lights. I don't know if that will help you to see better. I don't know. Uh, I just don't want it to get so dark you can't see me. And uh, does that help? Does that help you to see? All right, all right. All right, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6 is our text today. Familiar verse of Scripture. The Bible says, blessed, blessed. Now, that's the way we pronounce it. We're used to hearing it pronounced that way. That's really old English. If you'll just look at the word and read it the way that we would read it, if this was in any other book besides the Bible, we'd simply say blessed. And that's what it is, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. And so I want to, I want to, try to talk to you today, preach to you the help of God. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are the hungry. Amen. I want God to stir up a hunger in our souls. I really do. I want God to stir up a hunger in our souls today. Amen. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I, I've had God in my life a long time. Well, so have I. I mentioned the other night that, that uh, it's really not not that many months. We're, we're here in the middle of May, and, and come February of next year, it'll be 50 years since God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And that's a long time. That's a long time. But I'm going to tell you, and this is, the, this is the honest truth before God, I am more hungry for Him right now than I have ever been in all of those 50 years. I've got a greater desire for Him now than I've ever had. Amen. That's really the way I feel. And I want to stir up that hunger in the hearts of others today. Well, praise God. I pray God will help me. Can we put our Bibles down right now? Can we just lift our hands, lift our hearts, lift our voices? Let's, let's talk to God and let's ask God, would you pray a personal prayer and say, God, stir up a hunger in me today. Would you pray that prayer, everybody?
Oh, let's worship him right now. Let's worship him right now, everybody. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to get started here today going through all of this. And I told Brother Hilton I've given him everything that I know uh, to give him so that we don't get hung up here and he knows just to move right ahead. So I don't have to keep saying let's move to the next slide. Amen. So, uh, so I don't have to say that. Let's move to the next slide, and then from there, hopefully, I won't have to say it again. Amen. We're going to talk. We're going to talk here for a little while this morning about survival. Survival. Amen. You know, there is a very basic instinct that God has placed within man. At the time of man's creation, when God created man, God put within him a drive to protect himself. Amen. Now, now listen, when God created man, you got to understand that when God created man, God didn't create death as a part of man's original design. Right? I mean, man wasn't created to die. Death came as a part of the curse that was placed upon man. And yet, God in his foreknowledge... God knew what was going to happen. God knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin. And God created in man this desire to save himself, to protect himself. It's basic. It is innate. It's born within us. Amen. God knew that man would fall. God knew that death was coming. And so God built within mankind a mechanism, an instinct, if you please, that would cause us to naturally do whatever we've got to do to keep us from dying. Amen. Think about it. Without even uh, giving it consideration, you see something flying your way, you're going to dodge. You don't stop and think, you know, I need to get out of the way here. You've just got a reflex that's built in you. God put it there so you would protect yourself, so that you would save yourself from dying. Listen to me. God, God doesn't want us to die. That's why he took on flesh and died for us. Well, hallelujah. He doesn't want us to die. God wants us to live. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to have abundant life. And so he's got this thing built in us. He meant where we, we do everything we can do to protect ourselves. In fact, even our body is designed in such a way that if there is an infection, everything inside the body starts trying to work to fight off that infection. Your body's built to try to keep you from dying. Well, hallelujah. Amen. All this is a part of the natural basic instinct of survival. Now, also a part of that survival instinct is the natural feeling of hunger and thirst. You may have never thought of it this way, but that's really what it is. Now, for most of us, and I said us. Um, 
we, we, we don't really eat all the time just because we're hungry. We eat because we enjoy it. Because it tastes so good. Oh, uh, I tell you, I, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if the man that started Krispy Kreme can be saved because of all the temptation he's put in my pathway. I, I, and, 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 and Lord, help the founders of Bluebell Ice Cream. And I, I, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you. But, but really, really understand that, that there is within us this feeling of hunger. Hunger and thirst. And what we need to understand is that when we feel hunger, it is, it is a part of that survival instinct that God created in us. That our body recognizes that we've got to have something to eat or something to drink in order to survive. Well, hallelujah. I want you to notice, as soon as God creates man, I want you to watch what happens. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. Read for me, Brother Goff. Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. And the Lord God formed a man of the dust of the ground. Right, so God forms man in verse 7. And breathed into his nostrils breathes, the breath of life. Breathes breath into his nostrils. And man became a living, a living soul. And a living soul. That's verse 7. Now, the very next verse, look at what happens. And the Lord God planted and a God garden eastward in Eden. God planted a garden as soon as God created man. And there he God man. provided food. Yes, sir. Yes, he did. Right? There he put the man whom he had formed. Verse 9. And out of the garden of the, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to right? the sight. Right? And good for and food. Good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. Uh-huh. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right. And a river went out. And then look out. at the next thing that God does. A river went, went out of, of Eden. Of Eden to water the to garden. To water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into foreheads. And so, listen. God first creates man and then immediately provides food and water. God, Adam wasn't created to die. Adam wasn't supposed to die. That was not the plan of God in the beginning. Right? Death came as judgment for man's sin. But yet God knew man was going to need nourishment. God was going to need water. And so God provided it as soon as he created man. Well, hallelujah. Amen. And so, so this basic instinct, he no sooner had created man than he planted a garden and he carved out a river. He provided food and water to meet the basic needs of hunger and thirst that he had placed within man. Amen. We're on the next page now. Are you, um, where are we at? Yeah, we should be, we should be beyond that one. You went backwards on me. Let's, let's, get, let's get to the next one. Beyond the scripture, we should be, should be on slide four. No, no, it should say a basic instinct continued. Uh, there we go. At the time of man's creation. No, he had no sooner created man than he planted a garden. Is that not there? It's the last point. All right, I'm sorry. All right. God, all right. 
God had no sooner created man. So I'm the confused one. I'm sorry. God had no sooner created man than he planted a garden and carved out a river, provided food and water to meet the basic needs of hunger and thirst that he placed within man. This is what God did. Amen. God did this. Food and water are absolutely essential to the survival of humanity. We cannot get along without them. In fact, modern medical science has determined that a person can only live one to two months without food and only three to five days without water. All right? I mean, that's it. That's it. You can't go beyond that. And, uh, and, and you're going you're, you're gonna to die if you try to go. Now, this may be too low for some of you to see that last line there, but, but this is all it says. Modern medical science has determined that a person can only live one to two months without food and only three to five days without water. So hunger and thirst are the body's way of notifying us that we're beginning down a path towards death if we don't respond. Amen. Are you with me? That's what our body is saying when you feel hunger. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to die if you don't eat, but the body just triggers this mechanism that says, hey, 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 I got to have something. I got to have something. You got to get something. Now, look, I I have been to the place of of dehydration. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but but sometimes in my traveling, and they tell you, especially when you're flying uh, high altitudes uh, for long periods of time, some of these 16-hour flights between Atlanta, Georgia, and Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, you know, you're you're up there 16 hours nonstop. Uh, They tell you it's very easy to get dehydrated. Many, many times I I have ended up dehydrated when I've gotten to Africa and and I I can't even describe for you what it feels like and and we'll talk about it in a little while but I'm just going to tell you the body is saying do something about this you're going to die if you don't fix this and the body doesn't want to die amen amen so let me tell you not only is this a physical instinct but the same thing is true in the spiritual sense let's talk about a spiritual instinct here today the same principle of having a survival instinct applies in the spiritual realm just like it does in the physical God created a craving in man for spiritual nourishment Oh, listen to me today. When God placed man in the garden, just like he put a natural hunger and a natural thirst, he put a spiritual hunger and thirst in the heart and soul of mankind. It's there. People don't realize what it is. They may not recognize what it is. They may not know what it is. Some people spend their entire life trying to figure out why they can't feel satisfied. But it's because there is something gnawing on the inside of them they are hungry they are thirsty but it's for something spiritual something that the world cannot give them oh hallelujah amen like physical hunger spiritual hunger is actually an attempt to avoid death but it's spiritual death that results if this hunger is not satisfied. The Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, the Apostle Peter described this in his epistle. Let's look at this in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Read for me. 
As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That ye may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. Now let's talk about this for just a minute. Amen. I, I, I have three daughters. I have nine grandchildren. The most beautiful and uh, most brilliant human beings to ever grace the planet. My grandchildren. Hallelujah. And if you don't believe that, it's because you don't have any grandchildren. You just wait. You just wait. You just wait. When you have grandchildren, then you'll understand. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I, 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 I know what it is. There's a lot. There's a lot uh, that, that uh, you know, about these babies that I, I especially remember the first one. You know, as a daddy especially, I mean, I'm scared to death to hardly even hold. I, I want to hold her, but, but man, I mean, she just seems so fragile. And, and, and you think, dear God, what happens if I drop her? And what, what's going to happen, you know? And I, I'm not sure I'm holding her right. And I don't know if I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. And, and, and there's a lot about it that it seemed like it was hard to figure out. But, but I'm going to tell you, there was a lot that as babies, they don't know. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know what's going on in the world around them but I'll tell you one thing they do know they know when they're hungry and they know how to let you know that they're hungry now they can't say mama go in there in the kitchen and get me a bottle but they do know how to cry and they'll cry and cry they don't care what time it is they don't care Amen, what the clock says. They don't care the day of the week. They don't care about your schedule. Oh, somebody listen to me today. When a baby gets hungry, they don't care about what's going on. They don't care about anything else except there's a hunger in me and it's got to be satisfied. They don't care what you think about them. They're not interested in whether somebody is going to want them to be quiet. They don't care about that. All they know is I'm hungry and I need something to eat. And Peter said in the same way as newborn babes, you ought to have that same kind of a hunger. Amen. In your heart for the things of God. I'm telling you something's got to happen to us that we no longer are concerned about what anybody thinks about us. I'm not worried about whether somebody is going to make fun of me when I start worshiping. I'm not worried about whether somebody is looking at me all I know is God I'm hungry I'm hungry for you I just want you to know God I want you to feed me hallelujah Peter said Peter said just like newborn babes our hunger for God, for his righteousness should be as evident and as obvious as when a newborn is hungry for milk. It ought to be just as evident. It ought to be just as obvious. Oh, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, when we just sit around in church, amen, and we don't care if we have a move of God or we don't have a move of God. Amen, prayer meeting time, we don't care if we pray or we don't pray. I'm going to tell you, we're not hungry. We're not hungry. We're not hungry. Oh, God, help me today. I want to stir up a hunger in somebody's heart. Amen. Oh, but if you get hungry, if you get hungry, you don't care if it's Sunday morning, if it's Sunday night, if it's Tuesday night, if it's Thursday night, you don't care if it's Saturday afternoon, you don't care when it is, if you're hungry, you're going to cry out, you want to make sure that God knows, Lord, would you feed me, would you give me something that'll satisfy this spiritual craving down on the inside of me. Amen, Psalm 63. Verses 1 and 2, listen to this, Psalm 63, verses 1 and 2. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. Yes, early, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. What is the first thing when a baby wakes up? Peter said, as a newborn babe, as a newborn babe, the first thing when a baby wakes up, what's the first thing on its mind? Food, feed me. Feed me. It's been a few hours. Feed me. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, Lord, early, early. Oh, God, I don't want to get ahead of myself today, but I got to just do what I feel. Amen. I got to just try to obey the Holy Ghost here. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason some of you, your day goes so bad is because you try to face the entire day and you hadn't talked to God. You hadn't sought after God. You wait until the whole world collapses before you cry out to him. But, oh, if you'd find a place early in the morning before you ever start your day and say, God, feed me right now. God, give me something right now. Give me some nourishment right now give me some strength right now and you'd start your day with some spiritual nourishment it would make a difference in the way your day goes early will I seek thee listen to what he said my soul thirsteth for thee my soul thirsteth for thee my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Where no water is. Where no water is. To see thy to power see thy and thy power glory. And thy glory. So as I have so seen thee in I the sanctuary. In the sanctuary. Oh God, my soul is longing. My flesh is longing. I feel like I'm in a desert right now, God. I've got to have another drink. I've got to have some more to eat. I need another touch from you. Amen. He said, my flesh longeth for thee. The Amplified Bible says it this way. My flesh longs and is faint for you. The Bible in basic English says, my flesh is wasted with desire for you. Oh God. Amen. There ought to be such a desire in us for the things of God that we feel like we're going to die if we don't partake of his power and his presence again. 
Oh, I want to stir up a hunger today. I want to stir up a hunger today. Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to die, God. I can't go three or four days without praying. I can't go three or four days without reading my Bible. God, I feel like I'm going to die. I've got to have you, God. I need you, God. I need my flesh is wasted with desire for you. And I love what he said. He said, I want to see you. I want a taste of you just like I've seen it in the sanctuary. Oh, I like that. Lord, you know that great service we had last Sunday? I'd kind of like to have that same thing right here in my personal prayer room on a Wednesday morning, God. I'd like to feel that same power. I'd like for you to come and embrace me in the same way right here in my own room, God, just like I've seen you move. in this. Listen, my friend, he can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm still listening. I found a bunch more messages of my old pastor. Somebody had shared with me, and I forgot all about it. Stored on OneDrive. That's why, because I can't figure that OneDrive out. But I did figure out how to get to those the other day. And so now I've been going through all of those. And I was listening again. I heard him talk about going through a very dark hour in his life. And I mean, everything seemed like it was going wrong. He said, I walked in. He said, I sat down at my recliner. He said, I just said, God, would you just come and wrap your arms around me? And he said, it just felt like the wind of the Holy Ghost just blew into my living room. And God just wrapped his arms around me. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, you don't have to wait till you get to church to have an experience with God. Amen. You ought to be hungry to feel his presence. Amen. Wherever you are, you ought to feel his presence. Amen. I listened to one of his grandsons talk about uh, just riding down the road with him. And uh, so they'd be talking and laughing and cutting up, you know, and, and uh, having fun as, as he liked to do. And uh, he, was, he was a spiritual man, but he was a man that loved to have fun. And, uh, and, and, and he said they'd be laughing and talking. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, things would get quiet for a minute. And he said, Grandpa would just say, I love you, Jesus. And he said, he no sooner say that. And he said, you just feel the presence of God just sweep into the cab of that truck. Oh, God, I'm telling you, this is what the psalmist said, Lord. I'm thirsty for you. My flesh is wasting away for you. I want to see your power and your glory just like I see it in the sanctuary. It's wonderful what you're doing when I get to church, but I don't want to wait till I get to church to feel that. I don't want to wait till I get to church to feel that. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you can survive without the church. We need the church. We need the church. Amen. Amen. While we're talking about things we've heard, Brother, Brother G.R. Travis now gone on to his reward made the statement. said, you, yeah, you can read your Bible at home. You can read your Bible staying at home, but you can't obey your Bible by staying at home. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. 
Amen, amen. So there's something about coming to the house of God, amen, that is necessary. It's essential. It's important, amen. But I'm saying to you, there also ought to be a desire in you to have that same touch of God, amen, wherever you are, amen. I've had him meet with me in hotel rooms. I've had him meet with me, amen. I've had him meet with me sometimes just on a walk somewhere, amen. Just just the Lord and me, and we're just out walking, and I, I just start talking to him, and he's there. Oh, God, I want to see your glory wherever I am, wherever I am, God, wherever I am, amen. Amen, 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 praise God, amen. We've got to have this desire to feel as if we're going to die if we don't partake of his power and his presence again because the fact is we will die. We will die spiritually if we don't, if we don't get back into his presence. Spiritually, spiritually we're going to die without that renewing, amen. Amen. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about your hunger for a little while. Amen. Let's talk about your hunger. Now, uh, Brother Hilton warned me this next to everybody. I'd laugh when you see this picture, but I'm making a point here. I'm making a point here. Uh, I've got a feeling I, I'd kind of like be, be like she is. You see where her eyes are focused. Apples are good, and I enjoy them. That hamburger looks pretty good, too. It uh, looks like two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I, that, it's crazy. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but, but I remember as a teenager they had a contest to see who could call in the radio stations and repeat that for McDonald's. And uh, that's what they, how they build their Big Macs. And uh, so we'd have to memorize that and call in and try to win something on the radio station. And I can remember that. I don't know what I did yesterday, but, but, but I remember what, uh, that from a child. Praise God. Amen. That looks like to me she's, she's more interested in that Big Mac than she is that uh, Macintosh apple there. She's, she's, uh, she's more interested, amen, in what is not good for her than she is in what's nutritious. Amen. Let's talk about the focus of your hunger here for a little while this morning. Determining your appetite. You know, I've traveled to many, many different countries. And uh, most of you know that. And I've traveled throughout southern Africa and some in in uh, Western and Central Africa, and I've, I've been into Canada and Mexico and, and uh, some of the islands of the Caribbean, and, and uh, I've, 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 God's been good to me. I've preached a lot of places. and You know, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's amazing to me how different cultures enjoy or, or disdain certain types of food. Now, I'll never forget the first time. Brother and Sister Daniel Stevens from Mountain View, Arkansas were with uh, my wife and me, and we were, uh, we were in Zimbabwe, and we went up to Victoria Falls for the very first time. And uh, we stopped at a restaurant 
uh, Pastor Simon Masandu was, uh, he and his wife were taking us as our guides and um, they, they took us to a restaurant there at Victoria Falls and uh, it served a lot of, of local foods. And we looked at the menu and they had a warthog and a giraffe and a lot of things on that menu that I don't see here in the States. But one thing caught my attention. It said Mapani worms. And I said, worms? Who eats worms? And Sister Masandu said, I do. She said, that's a delicacy for us. She was raised there in that area. She said, she said, it's very delicious. And I'm just looking at her. She said, you ought to try them. And I'm still just looking at her. I can't get past the word worms. And she ordered them. Now, they were not like night crawlers. They were more like um, big, plump caterpillars. And they were, it looked like charbroiled. Yeah. It didn't look any more appetizing when they brought it out on her plate. I don't care how much she told me it was a delicacy. I'm thinking, sister, enjoy. And I believe it or not, she actually talked Sister Stevenson to trying them. She did not talk my wife nor me. I don't think Brother Stevens tried them. But I'm telling you, she ate them. Now, Look, here. my point is this. To, to them, that was fine eating. That was really good food. And to me, that was disgusting. We're all human beings. How is it that some people like certain foods and other people dislike the same foods. Well, let me tell you, in most cases, in most cases, it's very easy to figure out how this can be because in most cases, it all hinges on what we were fed during our formative years. What we were fed as small children. In fact, the Bible really kind of, kind of deals with this. You may not realize that's what it's saying because this is an oft-quoted verse, but most of us don't really know what the verse is really saying. Oh, Lord, i got to hurry. So, so uh, let's look at Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. All right, so we, we've, we've quoted that verse and talked about that verse. We don't really understand what that verse is saying, I don't think. 
Because the Hebrew word that is translated train, train up a child. The, the Hebrew word that's translated train actually means to put something in the mouth, to give to be tasted. And the idea, one man said that the idea was the mothers in, in, in Old Testament times. Of course, they didn't have blenders. You know, they didn't have these fancy food processors. And when it came time for children to get off of milk and begin to eat solid foods, the way they would transition them, they couldn't go down to Walmart and buy Gerber's baby food. The way they transitioned them is mama would take the food and chew it up very finely. And then she would take that food that's chewed up out of her mouth and put a little bit on her finger and she would reach into the child's mouth and reach way back to the back of the mouth and touch the palate. You know, back there at the roof of the mouth, touch the palate. And, and this man said, that's really what this word train means. It means to touch the palate. And they would do that to get the baby used to the texture and the taste of this food. And so they would do that enough until the child developed a, a desire for that food. Are you with me? And really, that's kind of the way that all of us have developed uh, our, we say, taste buds. Is, is because, you know, our parents liked something or didn't like something. And they fed us something or didn't feed us something. You know, I know uh, my dad, when he was in the service... Uh, my dad served in the Air Force uh, 10 years. And when he was in the service, he got very, very sick one time on a certain type of seafood. And, and you know how it is. You ever get sick on a food. You get sick enough on a food, and you don't ever want him to look at it again. And so he came home. Well, he just he'd never let mom cook it. So we were raised. We never ate it. He didn't want it in the house because it made him sick. And so we never ate it. And so I grew up thinking I didn't like it. Because I never tasted it. And, and so this is the way that our appetite generally is trained. It's, it is through what we are fed, we grow to like it. Amen. I, I, had, I talked to somebody that, that uh, used to come to church here. And, and um, they, they'd left and they'd gone somewhere and... I saw him one day and I was talking to him and they said, man, said we want to come back. They're living in another place that we want to come back. They said, nobody can do it like you can do it. Nobody, nobody can teach like you can teach. You just, you're the best. I said, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. It's not like that. It's not like that. I said, all it is, is this is what you were used to. This is what you grew used to. And so it's kind of like mama's cooking. You know, to you, mama's cooking was the best. Because that's what you grew up eating. And so it tasted the best because that's what you always ate. And, and that's the only reason you feel that way. It's not because I'm good. It's not because I, I do a good job. It's just this is what you're used to. And so somebody else does it different. Somebody else got a different style. They prepare the food a little different. They got a different recipe. And you're not used to that recipe. But, but that's where you're at. You got to get used to the recipe. And every newlywed man has to say, amen. 
Worst thing you can do is say this is not the way mama fixed it. Because everybody knows what the next sentence is going to be. Then go home and let mama fix it. Not that my wife ever said that, you understand. I hear that that's, hallelujah. But this is one of the things that determines our appetites, what we get used to. And what we get used to, amen. Let me, let me say this, church. I want to say this. I want to tell you that's one of the reasons why. I've been pushing so hard for months to get us into the spiritual realm that we've been experiencing because I want you to develop an appetite for this. Because once you develop an appetite for this, you'll never be satisfied with something, amen, that's just superficial. You'll never be satisfied with something, amen, that's, that's carnal, with something that's made up. You can never be happy with anything else once you really get into the depths of his spirit. Right. Amen. 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 But you've got to develop a taste for it. You've got to develop a taste. Now there's something else. There's something else here that we need to talk about that also determines our appetite. Amen. There is another factor that determines what we enjoy and what we do not enjoy eating. Amen. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 7 says this. The full soul, the full loatheth, soul and honeycomb. loatheth and honeycomb. But to the hungry soul, but every bitter thing is soul, sweet. Every bitter thing is sweet. Amen. Now let's think about this for just a minute. The full soul loatheth and honeycomb. Now I love honey. Amen. We were in Israel. We had the opportunity. They actually put actual honeycombs out on the bar there, the food bar, and uh, for breakfast every morning there was a, a, a big piece of a honeycomb sitting out, and you could go and break off some of that honeycomb, and you could dip some of that fresh honey out of there. Oh man, that was good stuff. I'm telling you. But I'm going to tell you, somebody that's full, somebody that's full. If you've eaten. Uh, too much already and then you try to serve that sweet honey then they're just not interested it just doesn't taste good to them because they're too full brother Riley I was on the phone with him yesterday and, and uh, uh, he was reminding me uh, Years ago, years ago when I was pastoring down there in South Texas where he is now, uh, that he came down to visit one time. And, and uh, my wife and his wife were in the kitchen. Man, they were working hard to prepare a big meal. And they'd forgotten something. So they made the mistake of sending Brother Riley and myself to the grocery store to go get what they'd forgotten. And I said they made the mistake because when we got to the grocery store, uh, Brother Nelson, they had, a, they had somebody standing outside the grocery store with, with, a, with, a, with a, a grill, and they were fixing up these, these fajita tacos. And they were giving out these free samples of fajita tacos. Well, Hallelujah. And it had been a little while since we'd eaten. And so, guess who gets in line for the fajita tacos? And after we'd finished the first one, guess who gets in line again? And I don't know how many we ate. And we get back to the house, and they just about got dinner ready. And they set the food on the table, and I'm looking at Brother Riley, and he's looking at me, and, 
and we're just kind of moving the food around our plate. And my wife said, what's wrong? Sister Ida said, what's, what's wrong? Why aren't you guys eating? Well, uh, we end up having to fess up. But you see, to the full soul, to the full soul, if you're full, it doesn't matter how good the food is. If you're full, it's just not appetizing to you. It just doesn't look very good. It just doesn't taste very good. Oh, but when you get hungry, when you get hungry, you quit being so picky. You quit being so picky. Amen, 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 amen. I, I, I'll tell you, honestly, when I, when I was young, I didn't, I, I found a way to not, all the kids are in Sunday school, thank God. I found a way to not eat very many vegetables. I just, you know, if it's the only green thing I like was watermelon. And, uh, and, uh, and so, I mean, I carried that even into my early adult years. I, I just wouldn't hardly eat vegetables. And, and I remember when I was, in fact, in South Texas, I'd gone on a fast. and I, I, I wasn't going to tell anybody about the fast, but somehow they figured it out because we weren't, back then I was young, you know, we'd stay up late and I'd go out to eat with everybody that was going. And, and we were out to eat after every service. And, and, uh, but they noticed we weren't going out to eat. And so they, they realized that, that uh, I was fasting and, and I didn't say anything about it. And I, then I called the church on a fast and this was the second week of this fast and, and then we were going to get together on the last day and break the fast together as a church and, and, I, and we were going to have a potluck and so we had everybody bring food and, and I remember sitting down at the table on that, that day to break the fast and I had a bowl of vegetable soup and I was sitting by the lady that made it and I took a bite of that and I looked at her and I, and I was sincere I said oh sister this soup is delicious and she just looked at me, and she said, Brother Riggin, anything would taste good to you right now. And I thought, you know, that's true. When you get hungry enough, then you don't worry about what you like and you don't like. Well, hallelujah. You get hungry enough, then you're not really worried about the way the food tastes. You get hungry enough. Oh, God, help me today. Amen. When you get hungry enough, amen, then you, you want to eat. Your desire to survive means more to you than the way the food tastes. That's why I've seen, and perhaps you've seen, I've actually seen people digging through the trash can trying to find some food. And you say, how disgusting. How, well, I won't tell you why it's disgusting. Because you've never been as hungry as they are. They don't want to do that. They don't really want to have to do it. And if they had anything else, they wouldn't be doing it either. But honey, if you get hungry enough, if you've gone long enough without food, then that trash looks pretty good to you. Then, then anything would be good if you're hungry enough. Oh, God, help me. Amen. I'm telling you, people want to sit around and say, well, that's just that young preacher. I, I don't want to listen to what he's got to say. I, you know, that's just, that's just so-and-so. What's he going to tell me? Oh, God, I know the problem. You've been eating too much. But if you come hungry, if you come hungry, then it doesn't matter who's cooking. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, when you're hungry, you say, God, just feed me, God.
you get hungry enough and you don't criticize the way a man might stumble over his words. You don't try to pick apart a point or two that he makes. You get hungry enough. You get hungry enough. Amen. That's why some people, amen, can walk out of a service, tears streaming down their face, and say, oh, God touched me today. And other people walk out, and, and they just think, oh, well, another day, another service. I want to tell you the difference. One was hungry, and one wasn't. Oh, God, stir up a hunger in our hearts. Stir up a hunger in our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I've seen people fill up on junk food. Uh, that's why we tell our kids, you know, no candy, no, you know, no, uh, no cookies, no, no, uh, none of this stuff before supper. Because we know if they fill up on that, then they're not going to eat the good stuff. Amen. We don't want you eating a bunch of junk food. We want you to eat what is nutritious. Well, praise God. Amen. Amen. I want an appetite that is blessed of God. Amen. I want an appetite that's blessed of God. Matthew 5, verse 6. Let's read it again. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Oh, yes. For they shall be filled. Notice this. Jesus said, you'll be blessed if you're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Well, I found a lot of different definitions, but when I got into the original language, the complete word study dictionary defines it this way. I like this. Amen. In this particular verse, they said this is what the Greek word means as it's used in this verse. They said it means conformity to the claims of higher authority with the concept Behind it being that you are conforming to God's standard of what is right. That's righteousness. It is conforming to God's standard of what is right. Recognizing that God has authority in my life and I'm going to do what pleases Him. Amen. Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Oh, God. Well, it's going to get quiet on me now. Amen. How hungry are you when it comes to wanting to know more about living the way God wants you to live? Amen. Talking the way God wants you to talk. Walking the way God wants you to walk. Reading the things God wants you to read. Listening to the things God wants you to listen to. How hungry are you for God's authority in your life? Amen. Amen. The principle stated in Proverbs applies to spiritual hunger just as well as it does to physical hunger. Proverbs 27, 7. Read it again. Proverbs 27, 7. 
The full soul loatheth and honeycomb. honeycomb. But to the hungry hungry soul, soul, every bitter thing is sweet. sweet. I'm going to tell you, amen, I'm concerned, amen, about what I see happening all across Pentecost these days. Amen, people, good people, amen, conservative people, I'm watching them suddenly begin to chase after doctrines, amen, that are out there, amen, dominion theology, amen, and prosperity gospel, and things that have been around for years oh God help us not to be filling up on junk food help us not to get full of all of that nonsense I want to be hungry for what's real I want to be hungry for what is right I'm telling you that prosperity gospel has destroyed Africa Believe it or not, it's, it, is, it is so widespread throughout the continent of Africa, it's crazy. And yet they are so poor. But they love the idea that if you just sow a few seeds into somebody else's ministry, God will make you rich. And they love to go to church and have people tell them, you're going to be rich, God wants you rich. They love that, so they flock to that. And I've asked them time and again, how many people do you know that have become rich by following that doctrine? And they'll all say, none. And I say, wait, 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 think about it. There's a few. The guys that started preaching it. Now they got rich off of it. It's kind of like multi-level marketing, you know. They're at the top of the pyramid here. You sow into their ministry and they're rich. And then you're struggling. I'm telling you, I've watched some of those Africans. My heart bleeds for them. They will struggle. They will save, give an entire month's wages away to somebody, some false prophet somewhere. And their family do without because he convinces them, if you'll just do this, you're going to be rich within 30 days. Oh, God, help us. That's junk food. That's junk food. That's not nutritious. That's not Bible. Oh, hear me today. God, take us back to the purity of the word of God. Take us back to the apostles' doctrine. I want to know how rich was the apostle Paul. Well, how rich were the... Read Fox's Book of Martyrs sometime. Find out how rich the early church was. And then tell me God wants us following that, that doctrine. Amen. I don't have time to get into all that. I'm way over time as it is now. As far as my notes, I've got to get through this today. Amen. I don't really want to break this into a series. I want to, I want to get this off of my heart. It's been stirring in my heart. Amen. All week long. Amen. I, I, I don't want, I don't want to, amen, to be seeking after all of these other things and get my soul filled with all of the junk food doctrines that are out there. And then I'm not hungry. Oh God. Listen to me, church. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. There's a lot of venues out there. Amen. And I I love to listen to good apostolic preaching. I really do. I love to listen to good Holy Ghost preaching. But listen to me. Don't ever get to the place where preaching becomes entertainment for you. 
There's so many ways to just sit and listen to preaching. And, and if you're not careful, it can become entertainment. Don't let it become entertainment. And don't let it get you to the place that you're full when you come to church. And then when God's got a message for you, with your name on it, you're already full. Oh, I'm talking to you today from my heart. Amen. i got to hurry. 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The time will come. Read. But after their own lust shall they heap to, themselves, heap to teachers, themselves teachers, having itching ears. Yes. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth yeah. and shall be turned unto fables. So they fill themselves with junk food doctrine. And as a result, they're not hungry for righteousness. Amen. Let's talk about spiritual deprivation here for just a few minutes today. Spiritual deprivation. What a sad sight. What a sad, sad sight to see somebody in this condition. What a sad sight to see somebody in this condition. Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while about starvation. Amen. I want to I want to read to you, you know I don't like to do this, but I want you to consider the symptoms of physical starvation. Physical starvation. Listen to me, I found this on a website and I I was blown away, Brother Goff. As I read it, things jumped out to me because, listen, as I read, I just want you to think of the spiritual parallels. I'm going to come back and point them out to you. But I want you, we're talking about a physical starvation, but, but I want you to listen and think about the, 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 the uh, uh, comparison that can be drawn to spiritual starvation. This is what it says. Starvation of the body is due to not getting enough proper nutrients. It can occur from eating too many empty calories or from not eating enough healthy foods. The symptoms of starvation can come on slowly over a period of days, months, or even years. You don't even have to feel hungry to experience starvation. Even if you eat regularly, starvation can occur if it isn't the right kind of food. It is really important to feed the body enough of the right foods for good health and growth. The following are some of the symptoms of starvation. Now listen to this. First of all, changes in behavior and mental status. Changes in behavior and mental status. The beginning stages of starvation impact your mental status and behaviors. These symptoms show up as irritable mood. Fatigue, that is constantly feeling weary. Trouble concentrating. Preoccupation with food thoughts. People with those symptoms tend to be easily distracted and have no energy. Then there are physical signs. As starvation progresses, the physical symptoms set in. The timing of these symptoms depends on age, size, and how healthy you are. Usually takes days to weeks and includes weakness, fast heart rate, shallow breaths that are slowed, thirst, and constipation. There may also be diarrhea in some cases. The eyes begin to sink in and glassed over. There's a loss of vision. The muscles begin to become smaller and muscle wasting sets in. One prominent sign in children's belly begins to swell. Skin will loosen and turn pale in color. There may be feet and ankle swelling. And then the third thing, weakened immune system. Symptoms of starvation may also appear in other areas such as weakened immune system, slow wound healing, and poor response to infection. 
making them more susceptible to disease. You may notice rashes on the skin or wounds that won't heal. This is because your body's directing any nutrients available to just keep organs functioning. Now that's interesting. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Changes in behavior and mental status. Becoming irritable. Feeling weary. Having trouble concentrating. Physical signs. Loss of vision. Weakened immune system. Remember those things. Now let's go into the spiritual side. Let's compare the spiritual, uh, the symptoms of spiritual starvation. Amen. There are, again, changes in behavior and mental status when you're starving spiritually. People become irritable. Listen, I found all of this in the parable of the sower and the seed. Now, these are not in order, but I'm trying to take them in order. They came in this article, so just follow with me here. Mark chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Listen to this. And, the, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they had heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately, immediately they are offended. They're offended. One of the symptoms, becoming irritable. They're easily offended. Whatever you say, whatever you do, sets them off. Sets them off. It's a sign they're spiritually starving. Amen. The next thing that they said, amen, they talked about fatigue, easily growing weary. Listen to Mark chapter 4 and verse number 15. And these are they by the wayside, wayside. where the word is sown. Uh-huh. And when they have heard, Satan cometh Satan immediately comes, and taketh away, away the word, what the word. Was, that was sown Amen. in their hearts. Amen. They grow weary in well-doing. They are easily disheartened. Amen. They know they heard it, but something happens over time, and all of a sudden they're not believing it anymore. They're just not hanging on to it anymore. They're, they're just weary with waiting around for God to do what he said he would do. Amen. All of these, all of these signs, we see them in those that are spiritually starving. Amen. And then they said that they would have trouble concentrating. Listen to Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the they word. hear the word. And the cares, the of, this cares world, of this world, and the deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of, riches, of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke, choke the, word, the word, and it become unfruitful. You, you see what's happening all of a sudden. He meant where they were loving God. They were pursuing the things of God, but now all of a sudden, riches. Amen. And the cares of this world. Amen. The lust of other things all of a sudden get their attention. They're distracted. They're easily distracted. They're having trouble concentrating on the things they ought to be concentrating on. I'm talking about people that are spiritually starving. They're easily distracted because they're starving. They're starving. They're starving. Amen. Another thing they said comes. They said there would be the physical symptoms that come such as a lack of vision, loss of vision. Amen. Listen to Revelation chapter 3, verses 17 to 19. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I, have, I counsel thee to bury me gold tried in the fire, 
that thou mayest be rich. Yes. And white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that yes. thy, thy, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Uh-huh. And anoint thine anoint eyes thine with eyes salve. With eye salve. That they may, thou mayest see. Thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous and therefore and repent. Somehow, Laodicea, you're losing your vision. You're losing your vision. You're starving, Laodicea, and you don't even realize it. You're starving. You're starving and you don't even know it. And then, and then they said the immune system grows weak. And this happens spiritually. You become susceptible. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. I'm trying to hurry here. Ephesians 4, verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro. Tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. doctrine. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness. Yes. Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. You see what's happened here. Amen. Is that they have become susceptible to every wind of doctrine. To every spiritual disease that floats around. Their spiritual immune system is not what it needs to be anymore. Amen. It's just not there like it needs to be. You don't have the strength to fight it off. That's a sign that you're starving spiritually. Amen. Something's got to be done before spiritual death comes. Amen. Let's talk for a minute about spiritual dehydration. Dehydration. Again, parallels can be drawn between physical dehydration, which is a lack of water, and spiritual dehydration. Let me just go through these as quickly as I can here. Among the many parallels, one of the most important is that the body is made up of 75% water. Think about this. 75% of your body is water. When a person is dehydrated, what that means is they are lacking the very substance that causes them to exist in the first place. They've grown short of the very thing that allows them to even live. And so fatigue or weakness begins when a person is only, get this, 2% dehydrated. 2%, that's not much. 2%. You still got 98% of the fluid you need. But 2% and you start growing weak. Feeling fatigued at only 2%. And then this may blow your mind, but this is what I found at 5% dehydration. 5%. Severe symptoms begin to occur, including issues with the heart, the limbs, headaches, nausea. I, I, I mentioned a while ago I've been dehydrated. Uh, many times, something about the city of Bulawayo in Zimbabwe, many times when I get there, I'll be so dehydrated. I'll start having the most severe migraines that I've ever felt, and I've had them so bad. I've, been, I've, I've, I've ended up vomiting, and, and nothing seems to help. I can't get 
I can't get uh, any pain medication that can relieve the symptoms that are there. The only thing that I can do is just keep drinking water, keep drinking water, keep drinking water. And I finally got to the place I've realized I've started taking these little pour-ins, either in a packet or in a, a squeeze bottle that, uh, of, of like Gatorades or whatever that I can pour into bottled water that I can buy there. And, and, and it's got electrolytes and the other things that I need for when I'm dehydrated. I start pouring that in. And I, every bottle of water I drink, I make sure I've got the electrolytes and I've got the things that I need so that I don't get dehydrated. I can't begin to tell you what it feels like when the body is dehydrated. And listen, only 5% dehydration is all it takes. That's not a whole lot. And then they said if a person reaches 10%, 10% dehydration, it's often fatal. Now I want you to think about this in terms of spirituality. How much, how much can we stand to lose of the Spirit of God in our lives before we start feeling the effects before it starts damaging our walk with God. Oh, listen, the same thing that's true in the physical is true of the spiritual man. Just like our human body is made up mostly of water. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, at verse number 28. Listen, he said... For in for him, in we, him live we live and move and, move and, have, and our have our being. We live and we move. Oh, listen to me. I can't make it without him. I can't survive without him. I can't do anything without him. I can't even walk without you holding my hand, God. I can't do it. I can't. I'll die, God. I can't survive, God. I've got to have more of you. Amen, amen. Yes, sir. And yet far too many Christians today try to get by without rehydrating their spiritual man. They think I'll wait until the next service. I'll wait until the next Sunday night. Maybe go a month or so and think it'll be all right. Oh, you don't know what's happening to your spiritual man. You don't understand what's going on, amen, deep in the soul, amen. It appears to me that the psalmist was describing the symptoms of spiritual starvation and spiritual dehydration when he wrote many of the verses in the 38th Psalm. I want you to pay attention to the symptoms that he describes uh, having uh, before stated the fact that he was panting or thirsting for God. Now listen to what he says in Psalm 38 verses 3 through 10. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Listen, there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Anger. Neither is there any rest in my moans because of my sin. Uh-huh. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, and as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just, I want you to understand. I don't know if I made that clear. 
It was Psalm 63 verses 1 and 2 where he talked about my flesh longeth for thee just like I'm in a dry and thirsty land. That was verses 1 and 2. Rather than go back to that, this is what follows. That's why I say it sounds like he's describing a spiritual uh, dehydration, a spiritual starvation. There's no soundness in my flesh. Uh, neither is there rest in my bones. Uh, my iniquities are going over my head as a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. Listen to what he said. My wounds, my wounds stink and are corrupt stink. because They're of my corrupt foolishness. corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. troubled. I am bowed down, bowed greatly. down greatly. I go, I go mourning all, the day, all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. disease. There is no soundness, no soundness in, my, in flesh. my flesh. I am feeble, I'm feeble. and sore and broken. I'm sore broken. I have, I'm I have roared by reason, by reason of disquietness of, disquietness of my, heart. my heart. Lord, all Lord, my desire is all before thee. All my desire is before thee. And my my is groaning not is thee. not hid from thee. My heart my panted. My strength faileth me. Faileth As me. for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from and me. And the light of my eyes is also gone from me. I'm telling you just about everything I described medically. Starvation and dehydration is found in this passage. And the psalmist started it all out by saying, I'm thirsty for you, God. I'm thirsty for you. Amen. So how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Let's talk about the cure here today. Amen. The cure. I think it's very simple, really. The cure for starvation is to be well-nourished. And the cure for dehydration is to drink plenty of fluid. Amen. That's what I said a while ago. When I have gotten so dehydrated, I can take all the pain medicine I want. It's not going to fix it. It's not even going to hide the symptoms. For I'm telling you, it gets that bad. The only thing that's going to fix it is just start drinking the water. Just drink more and more and more and more. And the more I drink, I got to get more. I got to get more. Until finally, finally I start feeling better. Finally, it all begins to lift. Amen. I'm telling you in a spiritual sense, we've got to reach a level of desperate hunger and thirst when it comes to God's righteousness. Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2 read, As the heart, as panteth, the heart after the water panteth, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my so soul panteth after thee, O God. Soul after thee, o God. My soul my thirsteth soul for God. thirsteth for God. For the living for God. The living God. When shall Psalm, I come and appear before God? Yes. Psalm 143, verse 6. I stretch forth my hands unto forth thee. My hands unto my thee. Soul my soul thirsteth after thee. After as thee, a thirsty land. As a thirsty land, Selah. Oh God. Oh God. I need more of you, God. I need more of you, God. I need more of you, God. I'm telling you, that's what we need, saints of God. We can do without a better house. We can do without a finer car. We can do without a raise on the job. But we can't make it without him. I need more of him. I need more of him in this hour than I've ever needed him.
Are you hearing the cry of my heart today? I'm so hungry for him. I'm so thirsty for him. I'm telling you every time I pray anymore, I just tell him, God, I'm so hungry. God, I'm so thirsty. God, I want to know you. I want to draw closer to you, God. Here's the good news today. Amen. The good news today, amen, is this. Hallelujah. Jesus said, and let's read it one more time. Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they blessed, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Which hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they, for shall, they be shall be filled. How many times have I preached on that word shall? They shall. I'm telling you, if you're hungry today, if you're hungry today, God loves that. God is looking for somebody that's hungry for him. The world is full of people that are hungry for fame, that are hungry for power, that are hungry for money, that are hungry for recognition. But when he finds a heart that's hungry for him, God says, I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to bless that person. They're hungry for me. Oh, they shall be filled. Musicians, come. Oh, Lord. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus, Jesus stood and cried, saying, stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, if you're thirsty, let him come unto thirsty, me and drink. If you're thirsty, come to me. And drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, said, out of his belly shall flow flow rivers of living water. Oh, are you hungry today? Are you thirsty today? Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And the spirit, the spirit and the bride say, come. And the bride say, come. And let him that let heareth, him that say, heareth say, come. come. And let him and that let is a him, thirst, Oh, come. I feel this today. Let him that's a thirst, come. And, and whosoever will, will, let him, let him take of the water of life, life freely. Oh, let's stand today. I'm telling you, he's bidding you today. Come, come, come. If you're hungry, come. If you're thirsty, come. He wants to satisfy you. He wants to give you what you're looking for. The same appeal that he made to his disciples on the shores of Galilee after his resurrection he makes to everybody today John 21 verse 12 he said this Jesus, Jesus said unto them, come, come and dine oh that's what I want to tell you today come and dine are you hungry are you hungry are you hungry today? The master's ready to feed you. The master's ready. Are you thirsty today? 
He's got a fountain flowing. Oh, God. I want more of you, Master. I want more. I want more, Master. I want more.